All right, do you want me to like do a little intro? I was just going to go. Holy... I yeah, you I never used to do a little intro. I don't know how to do a little intro. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I do the intro. <laughs> All right, do it. If you're going to race cars, mate, you're going to crash cars. You telling me you made a time machine out of a McLaren? Oh, my dad always says you shouldn't hit boys, mate. Oh, uh, well, we're not friends. Well, racing is life. Anything that happens before or after, just waiting. You're listening to The Grid Girls with Sasuke and Sarah. Holy fuck, You're Sarah Connors. There is a lot of <laughs> shit to talk about today. I'm sorry we've started right off the top with a spurt of obscenities. But, like, I woke up this morning because I went to bed at yeah. 5 o'clock early last night. And during the night at 10.58 p.m. last night, which I missed because I was asleep, my brother texted me. And the text reads, Sarah Connors, where is it? Here it is. Uh, how about this versed Kiv swap? I'm not sure if it's legit, but yeah. Hmm. And I woke up this morning and I was like, what? What the? And I was, I was already up on the streetcar before I got to this point. I opened up my phone and was like, oh, maybe it's just a holy shit that happened. It's not a rumor. Yeah, it's no, not I a got, rumor. I got a nice text from you at 8.21 this morning. I was still in bed. Um, yeah, what the Where's hell? It? What were you still doing in bed at 8.21 this morning? I fucked up. <laughs> Secondly, it was uh, definitely not 8.21 this morning. Uh, it was definitely, like, no, I literally I'm... called you. Like, I went I res- to... I responded at 8.23. 7.37 right. It doesn't this matter. Sarah, it doesn't matter. Max, Max, Shut up. Max. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Honestly, like... I nearly called Denny, you, and I don't call Denny Kvyat was on the podium last race. Like, Denny Kvyat was on the podium in China. Y'all, you got a short-ass memory. I don't know what the fuck you're doing here. Excuse me. Do you know what they're um, doing here? Do you know what they're doing here, Sarah Connor? They're using his mess-up last week as an excuse to just boot Verstappen into the first seat. That's Look, what they're doing. Kvyat is not going to be on target. Verstappen that seat at the end I of know. the year. Like... Daniel Fiat was losing that seat to Max Verstappen at the end of the year. And so they just were kind of like, well, we're going to do it anyway. We may as well do it now. Here's our excuse. Like, Yeah, it's, oh, it's such bullshit. It's such bullshit. It. It's, it's so Red Bull. It's the most so Red Bull-y, Red Bullish like, thing so ever happened. So Red Bull, ever. very ruthless. Like, how many, how many careers, like, the list of people whose careers have been slightly fucked over by the Red Bull Enterprises is longer than the list of people that have actually driven for Red Bull. Like, Do you that- want to hear part of the reason why I heard that they got rid of Kvyat, besides Max Verstappen being, like, young and amazing? Apparently, he didn't have a Red Bull personality. Okay, he doesn't. He legitimately no. doesn't have a Red Bull personality. He has the personality of a wet dishcloth. But you he know what? He has a Russian He's... personality. He does. But you know what? Alex Ovechkin exists. I don't know what the hell you mean by that. No, but um, but, but there is I... more Russians that are Daniel Fiat than there are Russians that are Alex Ovechkin. Right. So I have I have an idea coming out of all of this. You know, with Kvyat probably not having a seat next year because I'm sure they'll give that Toro Rosso seat to Pierre Gasly. But here's my thing: I want to know. As I'm, I'm a Carlos Sainz fan. Is this mean he gets a third year a la John Eric Byrne at Toro Rosso? So. Because Jack yeah, got that so. third year because Daniel moved up. Mm-hmm. 
So Stappen goes up, gets Carlos Sainz a third season with Red Bull, uh, with Toro Rosso. I think so. Honestly. I think so. I mean, he's but, not then, but then where does he go? It depends. You know what's kind of really exciting? I have an idea. About, you know what's exciting about Formula One right now? In the next three years, there is going to be empty seats at big teams. We're going to lose Felipe Massa. We're going to lose probably Fernando Alonso. And we're going to lose Jensen Button. Like and Kimi Raikkonen. And Kimi Raikkonen. And That's Kimi a Raikkonen. seat at Ferrari, two at McLaren, and one at, like, you know Stoffel gets one at McLaren. And you know right. that there's a, I want to say there's a good argument for Alex Lynn getting one at Williams, but I also think that Williams may be like, see those kids over there from Red Bull? We're just going to go take them. Right, right. And that's not not even to be said what happens at Salva or Force India or any of those things. Like, there could be some really interesting driver moves in the next few years. That's true. Now I I, I really want to tell you what I want Kvyat to do because, you know, in IndyCar, we have this beautiful rivalry right now. It's it's Sebastian Bourdais versus Mikel Oshin. Oshin being a Russian, and Bourdais also being a former Red Bull guy. Kvyat could be like the force that brings them all together. He's Russian, and he's a former Red Bull guy. I don't Beautiful. see Daniel Kvyat going <laughs> any near, near IndyCar. Yeah, probably not. But I can dream. I can dream. I know. I know. I know. I just, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> no, I have, I, have no I have no idea. The only thing I can say for sure is that I would put money on the fact that he will not be in a Red Bull uniform next year of any sort. No, but do you think he'll be in an F1 uniform next year? I Probably don't not. I think so either. Probably not. I don't think so. Anyways. No, because there's, I mean, and when you say that there's those seats opening, like Pascal Verline. <laughs> Someone's got to figure out what to do with Pascal Verlein as well. Julian Palmer's out. Oh, Julian Palmer's at Renault. I, I was uh, like, Stoffel firstly, Julian yeah, Palmer's at Renault, and secondly, uh, he's losing to Kevin Magnussen. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Kevin didn't on. have a seat for a year. I don't I don't know how I feel. But, um, but yeah, yeah, Stoffel's out there. You know, there's other guys coming up through GP2. Stoffel's out there. Like, Alex Lynn is still it. out there. Two-thirds, is two-thirds of the GP2 track. Could, legitimately, two-thirds, a good portion of GP2 drivers racing this season could make a strong argument for at least having the talent levels to be in a seat. Do I think many of them would get a chance? No, most of them don't have the money for it. But still. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, we'll probably see some seat swaps. I I bet we see Dan Ricardo move out of Red Bull to, you know, a la Sebastian Vettel, maybe to Ferrari to drive alongside Vettel again. Um, Ooh, you know, anything can happen. The world is F1's oyster at this point. Okay. Also, 2007 so, is going to fuck everyone up with all the new I regulations. Don't, I don't see Daniel Ricardo leaving Red Bull yet, but. If Kimi Raikkonen leaves and I'm Ferrari, I am making a push for either Max Verstappen or Pascal Verlein. Ferrari? Well, no way. Who no way. behind them? Who would you put it? Oh, well, they like to steal everyone's good drivers and you need they need some, yeah. Uh, look, part of me is still Mercedes like, isn't going to let them do that at all. No, well, look, I, I'm always like, I don't know what driver contracts look like, really. My, my brain does the hockey thing where I'm like, how many years are under contract? And then I'm like, there's no offer sheets in Formula One. No, there aren't. No. Ferrari, basically, yeah. though, I, view, I view Ferrari as that kind of team that's like, who do I want now? Uh, 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 uh. 
I mean, basically, basically. Okay, so before we get stuck into this again, before we get too far down the tour, let's talk about women in motorsport. Let's talk about GP3 starting next week. And we finally get to watch Tatiana Calderon race. Thank God. I'm so, like... I've been waiting. I feel like... I've been so much testing. I know like, they test all the time. And then, we know, you know, obviously, obviously they they raced at Russia last year, and so we got to Russia this year, and I was like, wait a second, oh no, yeah. the Russia race is a lot Russia earlier in the season totally, this year. The totally different end of the. Yeah. Or last year it was right before Canada, I believe. Mm, I don't. Maybe? No, I think it was at the kind Later of the it was like the tail endish of the season. Um. But, hey, it's coming up. We're going to see. And we're going to get it on TV. We're going to be able to watch it. I'm super excited. Maybe not having to get up that early to watch it. Uh, The Russian Grand Prix last year was right before the U.S. Grand Prix, not Canada. Okay. That makes sense. That's fine. It was right around a race I went to. That's that's all They all blurred together. Speaking of races, you and I are going to our first race together. We are next two it's months. It's the from first now. race I've ever been to, and it's in Toronto. I've never been to Toronto Grand Prix. We're going to be able to take the streetcar. We're going to be able to come home at night. We're going to be able to drink. I'm going to be jet lagged because I'm getting off a flight from Australia the on the Friday and the Grand um, Prix on the Saturday and the Sunday. Liz is going to be legal to drink because it's Canada. Yeah. Why are you a child? <laughs> But yeah, no, that'll be a lot of fun. It'll be, um, I'm it'll be very four, four us going. We're going to have a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, other stuff about GP3? I mean, Calderon's pace has been really it's good like, in testing. Calderon so is yeah. the only person in GP3 that I can name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, GP2, I'm sweet. GP3, I'm like, it's a bunch of children and Tatiana Calderon. Yep. Yeah, you're right. There to be different stickers. Know. Oh, are they on her car? I don't know if they're on her car. They're definitely on her water bottles and and a lot of her gear. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's pretty sweet. Um, Other women in motorsports stuff. Uh, Courtney Force has won a couple races lately, and so that means there's been lots of articles about her, which is pretty wonderful. Now, you Um, linked me to the article you're about to talk about uh, today, and it's it's excellent. It is excellent. I, I think I read it yesterday. Um... It's basically, so there's this article on Fox Sports today about, um, it's, it's an interview with John Forrest, with Courtney Forrest's dad. Um, and, you know, Courtney Forrest has two sisters, the three of them all race. Um, and it's about him coming to terms with the fact that he had three girls and not three boys. And, like, obviously, I'm of the opinion that it shouldn't take having kids to get guys to accept having girls in motorsports. But, honestly, yeah. like, it helps a lot. Yeah. I'm just whatever. I fine. Also think, it's, it's I think fine. generationally, John Force is like like his daughters are our age. His generation is still like he's from the old school generation. It's our generation and that people that are kind of in that intermediary who are the people whose attitudes are helping change motorsports. John Force is clear is, is an old school kind of guy. So that old school attitude is often changed by having daughters. It's it's more that right. push on our yeah. And it's and honestly, it's been really great to see. Um, and you, I don't know. Um, he was talking about like 
uh, watching Courtney and having her, you know, struggle through losing a whole bunch of races and then winning basically the fan boat. They do a fan boat to like get a driver into a heat uh, and then she won. Yeah. So it's, and he was struggling with, with dealing with it and like as a parent and as a coach. And it's just, it's a very interesting read. I'll toss yeah. a link to it in the, the post for this, this podcast. As much um, as I don't want it to be the case, I wouldn't be surprised if the first female one, female Formula One driver we see is the daughter of a a former female one, uh, former Formula One, female Formula One driver is a bit of a mouthful. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those 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 women that make that leap come from a legacy kind of family, because it's you've got a dad who's been there and and is like well they've got more of those connections and they've also got that stubborn belief that, you know, no one has, no one has a more stubborn, unfounded in logic, unfounded in anything belief in their kids than parents, you know, like, pardon? Uh, Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like that may be what it takes. That may be what it takes to have a dad that will not take no for an answer. He will not let anyone say no. He will not let anyone tell his daughter that she can't do these things. I think right. so many of the driving, the, the young girls we see in coming through are daughters of dads with passions for racing who is like, of course my daughter can race. She will. Right, because she's, she's from my bloodline. She's she's basically me yeah, in next generation. Exactly. Form. She's like, I don't yeah. care if she's, a, if she's a girl. Like, you watch my kid yeah. race. And you know what? Maybe that takes it. I mean, I suck at sport and my dad hates sport. So we don't really have that kind of thing. But my dad has a blind faith belief in my ability to do anything, even when seriously misguided. (laughs) It's great. I'll be like, I'm going to do this thing. And he's like, that's amazing. You know what? Maybe somewhere in there, my parents should have been like, maybe just tone it down a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? This is what happens when parents ever say that. Yeah, and hey, like, it gets, Max it gets two drivers to, uh, yeah. <laughs> but for John Force, it means that two of his daughters have won a whole bunch of shit, and it's really cool. Yeah, and um, I love it. I love the, the other... fact. I love the fact where he's like, I wanted all I wanted was sons, and he's like, we have got the three girls. Yeah. Womp womp. Um, there was also, yeah, in addition to that, there was a part about him talking about eating his words, and it was pretty beautiful. Um, other stuff that Courtney Forrest has been involved in lately, kind of peripherally, is that Graham Rahal was on James Hinchcliffe's podcast this week, talking about Courtney Forrest. Wait, and how Hinch has the- a podcast? Oh, dude, yeah. You gotta listen to it. It's amazing. I'll send you a link. It's called The Mayor on Air. <laughs> Oh, I was one. I, yeah, I've seen that, but I didn't think it was. Oh, yes, yeah, because he's the man. Oh no, it's literally Hinch, and he he has a driver on every week and, and just like yells at them about stuff, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. He's your favorite, I know. He's <laughs> just so nice to me. <laughs> I'm really like, as we've discovered, I'm really easy. That's fine. Let's continue That's before we leave that statement hanging in the air for too long. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, so Graham Rahal was on this podcast, and he was talking about how. You know, apparently he sings along with uh, Adele. And she just, like, goes on Twitter and calls him on this shit, and it's beautiful. They are my favorite my favorite race car power, power couple, and, uh, yeah. I love those kind of race car power couples, and my favorite NASCAR romance novels are all those kind of power couples where the girl is like, 
I do shit and I win shit. I ain't no trophy wife. Like you are, but like not in that sense. I love it. Oh. Yeah, it's beautiful. Need a trophy boyfriend. <laughs> did you see? This is not about race cars, but did you did you yes. see at the Met Gala that woman who's uh, I think she's like a CEO in Silicon Valley and her trophy yes. boyfriend, A Rod. A Rod. I love that so much. And then the article is like lists her ex boyfriends, which are like the CEO of Google, the CEO of this, and then yeah. his ex girlfriends, which are like. Cameron Diaz and Kate Hudson and every other girl in New York that looks like Cameron Diaz or Kate yes, Hudson. I saw that. That was beautiful. But it was like Silicon Valley, uh, and I think it's Anya Wozniak, something like that, um, and Trophy Boyfriend. I was like, I need be one of those. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into some motorsports recaps. I, th- I was going to say, I thought we'd been talking about motorsports. Recaps, recaps, recaps. Sarah Connors, I need you to tell me all about IndyCar and Baba. I did actually watch it, though. So, thanks to me, I did watch this race whilst also watching three other sporting events. That's fair. Uh, So, we're actually just going to continue with our talk from before and keep talking about Grand Real because, oh, my God. Uh, His front wing broke halfway through the race. And uh, so, they had a camera on his car, and you could see the wing flapping around. And he's just he's just kind of keeping going. He's he's doing his thing. He passes for the passes Pagenaud for the lead. He's leading the race for a bit, you know, no big deal. Um, Pagenaud passed him towards the end because Rahal's wing just broke completely off, like a piece of it just came off. Um, so he's got a bunch of laps left to go. Joseph Newgarden breathing down his neck, um, and he just slams on push the passes and keeps second place like, he's like i got what, eight of these left Let's what a go. freaking drive and you know i honestly like i asked him about it on twitter and he said well i wasn't gonna pit for a new wing on lap 35 and i was like no i i feel that that's amazing like, that's I get that. unbelievable that's not where i was going with the question Oh no no no! I I was talking about how how great his drive was, and he explained it, and it was it was really cool. He's I actually really enjoy how much he interacts with his like followers on Twitter. Like he's always responding to people. I I enjoyed the part where now was this the race he had Connor Daly in front of him? That was the one before. Yes, it was. No, it was this one. Um, and he's like that guy lived in my stepdad's house for two years. Yeah, that that maybe wasn't so great, but yeah, yeah um, that made me laugh. Because yeah. it was like, no, of course he's not going to just let you pass. But it was just no. funny that of all the things that he could come up with in that point, that was, he was like, the moment. He was like, it yeah. wasn't like, get him out of my way. He was like, that guy lived in my house. Tell him to move. Yeah, no. Um, I'll get to that in a second. The start of the race was kind of weird. A bunch of cars in the back ran into each other. I think, oh. I believe Carlos Munoz was involved. No, um, I believe Carlos Munoz was at fault. Yeah. Um, so he drove two other cars off the road. They circled under yellows for a bit and then restarted the race. And it caused a discussion of why doesn't IndyCar use standing starts at any of their races? On an oval, obviously, it doesn't make sense to do a standing start. But on a road course like in Formula One, like in you know Formula E, anything like that, why not use standing starts if it's going to cause a little less chaos? And the answer is that it, the technology in IndyCar wasn't quite there a couple of years ago. A lot of drivers had issues with their starts, which sounds familiar. Formula One, Lewis Hamilton, what? Um, but my, my answer to that is, you know, why not make that the driver's fault? Like, put the technology there, teach them how to use it, and 
Yeah. Maybe if you don't know how to start a car lap. from standing, that is not the car's <laughs> fault. That sounds like a you problem. But yeah, I think it was Sebastian Saavedra had issues with it in 2014. But yeah, so beginning of the race was weird, but then there was a green flag the whole, whole rest of the race. There were no full course yellows, no nothing. And uh, again, it's the second race in a row. Long Beach, that happened too. So that was weird. Um, Connor Daly fighting to stay on the lead lap. I actually really like this about IndyCar and not Formula One with blue yep. flags. Um, I feel like you shouldn't, if you're still on the lead lap, like why should you have to move? Why can shouldn't I, you be able to race? Can I ask something about that? Yep. Obviously, my, your IndyCar knowledge is far superior to mine. Um, my thought about this, and I know this is a question that we've been posed for later in uh, TGG. I feel that could be like if you're not allowing cars to move. Um, a, I think the disparity between the the top and the bottom in Formula One is bigger. But I also mm-hmm. I also feel like how strong is the team concept in IndyCar compared to Formula One? Because I feel if you have a team system like you do and have in Formula One, you get a little bit too much potential for like the Nelson PK kind of shit. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because if I'm a, McL- I don't know, like I'm a McLaren and I'm right at the back because someone hit me and I, you know what? I'm Daniel Fiat and I'm at the back of the race because I hit everybody and that's what I do. Daniel Ricciardo is at the front of the race and he's trying to chase Lewis Hamilton and I'm getting in Hamilton's way to slow him down. So suddenly this gap that Hamilton's pulled out is 10, from 10 seconds is three seconds because I've slowed him down. Like, but here's the thing. If you if you have a situation like that and Hamilton goes to overtake the slow car, in Formula One they have that rule with overtaking where you can only defend once. True. Yeah. He wouldn't be able if he's a slower car, he wouldn't be able to just weave back and forth. No, the whole no, 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 True. There's definitely that. I just every time I see it, I'm like, ah, there's a little bit too Nelson PK Jr. for my liking. Yeah, I, I feel like the whole thing with the teammate situation is that it wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't see that happening because everyone's racing the race for themselves, not yeah. not really for the team in particular. Um, and why shouldn't you fight? Theoretically, you know, if, yeah. Theoretically, if you are, if you're, well, because the other part of IndyCar is that teams have different numbers of cars. You know, so like the Penske guys, there are four of them, versus you know Schmidt Peterson. I believe they have two cars. Like it, there's not. It's it's not as significant. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, if you're a leader and you can't overtake a back marker, that's a you problem. Yeah. They're yeah, fighting yeah, to stay yeah. on the lead lap. That's not, yeah, you're that's like, not you're like behind a matter. You, the guy is driving a matter. Right. Right. But why should he sacrifice his race and go down? Why should Pascal Verleinen, Verleinen, <laughs> I love that Reddit. He's like driving. That's not how you say his name. Mm-hmm. The, the engineer is like, Whatever, Carlos. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's, like, Carlos. it's Pascal Verlein. Verleinen. That's it's not okay. Yep. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I found the position that Connor Daly got himself into made the race more interesting. Because it did kinda it did kind of back the two of them up. It backed Simon and, and Graham up into each other and made them have to fight more. And obviously it would have been more exciting if Graham Rahal's wing had not broken. If Graham Rahal's wing hadn't died, he would have won that race. Oh uh, yeah, easily. I believe so. I believe easily he would have won that. Um 
I did think it was funny that he had saved up so many of his push to passes for that late in the race. And then suddenly he could just slam all of them. <laughs> Let's do this. Yep. Um, I, you know, if you got a part of your card that's broken, you might as well use what advantages you have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that race was cool. Uh, Simon won again. He's got a pretty significant points lead in the championship at this point. So it's him, Graham Rahal, and Joseph Newgarden rounded out that podium. And it was really fun. It was, you know, pretty uneventful, but but a fun race. Um, they race next. They're all in Indy now. It's May. Oh, my God. It's the month of May. Um, Are they legitimately in Indy for, like, the entire month? Oh, yeah. Because the NG's List Grand Prix of Indianapolis is the same weekend as Spain. So they do, they do like, a road course race around the um, around IMS. And then they have qualifying the next weekend. And then the following weekend, they have the actual race. So it's literally three weeks straight of nonsense in Indianapolis. This week, they're actually all testing. So there were some tests happening at the Texas Motor Speedway. I believe Ryan Hunter Ray was tweeting from Iowa today. Iowa. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, that's happening. And then they all had to Indy. Where is Iowa even? Uh, between Nebraska and Illinois, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, know, I was like, I know where Illinois is. It's north of Missouri. I, I've driven through it a bunch just, of times. You're just, I know you're just giving is. names. <laughs> I know, like, you, like, whatever. Don't worry about it. It's right in the middle of the country. They're a hockey team there. Yes. The Iowa... No, wait. Are the, the Iowa Stars still there? Chops. The Iowa Chops are gone. The, I think the Iowa Wild still might be yes, there. the Iowa Wild. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They're in Des Moines. I know you the can re- drive from St. Paul to Iowa, I think, to, to where the Iowa Wild are in like five hours, I think. No. Really? No, I just thought it was more like true. that. because I'm sure it was because I saw it on Hockey Wives. Okay, maybe it's maybe it's like six hours. Maybe. Six I need hours. to look at the map again. Yeah. Um, I know they left in the morning and he got there for skate. Oh, okay. Uh, that's fine. Maybe it's for, yeah, all right. That makes sense. Um. Yeah, anyway, the track is right near Des Moines. So, I don't know. At some point, I want to go to that race because it's a tiny little oval right in the middle of a cornfield. I've seen the picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So other other shenanigans happening in IndyCar right now. We have to talk about a potential IndyCar swimsuit calendar cover. Remember we were discussing that the other day? <laughs> so IndyCar, like, posts a tweet, and it's something like, what do SI swimsuit cover models and IndyCar drivers have in common? And the answer was actually that they were on Family Feud together, which is the greatest thing ever, and I can't wait to see it. But it spurred a conversation on Twitter about who we think would be on the cover of a calendar for IndyCar drivers. Um, someone was like, it would have to be Sage Carum. And I was like, no. because That's too of, easy. He's A, that's easy, and B, he's not a full-time IndyCar driver at the moment, so it doesn't count. I cry. But yeah, you're right. It's and um, like ninety percent of them I would not want to see on the front of a swimsuit cover because they're like stick thin, like like some of like Will Power. No, I don't need to see Will Power shirts. Like I'm good with my life. You know who I would I would like to see on there, and I feel like a lot of people are gonna agree with me. Helio Castroneves. The thing Dang, is, the, yes. thing, like, the thing with Helio is Helio's hair. Like, I know it's, it's like it's like, 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 like his his like grill cream hair. I get there and I'm like, oh. 
but he's perfectly aerodynamic. It works. It works. But I don't know. Anyway, I feel like that would be funny. So yeah, they're all going to be on Family Feud. A bunch of them were on American Ninja Warrior recently. Did you see the pictures from that? Uh, yeah. When is that coming out? Like, when is that a thing? I need to see um, that. I think it airs like June 13th or something like that. I'll send you, I'll send you a link. Definitely. Um, that's very important. Hmm? I love the picture of like, Joseph like midair, like, oh my God, like swinging on a rope. Like <laughs> he just looks very serious and it's wonderful. Um, yeah. So that's all the happy stuff happening in IndyCar right now. And the sad shit is the cancelled Boston Grand Prix. Okay, so IndyCar is like, we haven't officially cancelled the race yet. And I'm like, well, everyone else thinks that you have. So you've essentially lost the battle and the war. No, you know what? It's They haven't officially cancelled that race because they might move it to a different venue. Yeah, they're trying to find somewhere else to put it. Um, apparently the two contenders right now are Watkins Glen and the, I think it's called the Gateway Speedway, but it's in St. Louis. So, so either way, way oh, I do St. Louis. I'm going you to take away the- Boston and you possibly give me either the Glen or getting to go hang out with all my friends in St. Louis. Like, okay, okay, I'll accept this. This'll be, right. this'll be all right. This'll be, this'll be cool. Um, I yeah, I really. I, flew, I was gonna say I've flown over to St. Louis at night. I've been like, oh, look at the pretty lights. It is very nice when you fly over it during the day. The arch is very shiny. It's it's really cool. Um, I really like it. So yeah, they really need to replace that race with something else because otherwise there will only be fourteen races on the calendar this year, and that's like the shortest it's been since two thousand seven. I want to say, like which is not great. I. <laughs> I, I, I just keep coming back to the part where we started talking about there being a a essentially IndyCar swimsuit calendar, but we didn't mention the fact this conversation came up because they let them go to Family Feud with a bunch of swimsuit models. Yes, they did. Have you seen? The, I'm assuming you've seen the picture. Like how psyched with like those five guys look? They're like, yeah, like Will Power has. To even look slightly like he has emotional expressions. Willpower looks slightly alarmed. Yeah, yeah, well, his emotional right. range is like very, very small. Yeah, it's like this, and it's like to. <laughs> it's basically the same as a squirrel. Yes. Awake, alarmed, alert, done. Yep, sounds about right. But yeah, so that that should uh, that family feud should be airing sometime in July. They're doing like a whole season of celebrity ones. Um, should be fun. I've like seen Family Feud like twice, so I don't really know. You know, I used to watch it at the gym. Um, because it used to come on at like three thirty right when I when I worked at the gym, and uh, I watched a lot of it. I get I get I get TSN, so I generally watch the TSN or something like that at the gym. I'm like, hey, let's watch sport. Well, I yeah, I go to gym classes now, so I basically watch my instructor. Yeah, that's fair, Sarah. I was going to say, let's talk about Russia. <laughs> and then I looked at my list and I was like, oh, we should watch, talk about the Formula E in Paris that neither of us watched. Yeah, I still have not gotten around to that. It was pretty Lucas Degrassi, Lucas Degrassi won. And then said sexist shit on the Twitter, so. On the internets. Yeah, yeah. It was that kind, um, of, it was that kind of sexist where he probably hasn't realized that it's sexist, but it's still legitimately sexist. Yeah, yeah, easily. It was a picture of, like, a spa 
treatment place and then a spa, like a rouge spa. And I just, it said something like spa for him. Oh, it's spa for her, spa for him. First of all, I know a shit ton of dudes that go to spas. Like, don't even Secondly, problem with Secondly, you don't call it spa. You call it the spa. So if you said spa to me, I'd be like, oh, spa. And you said the spa. I'd be like, oh, sweet. I'm going to get my face did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You say to I me, just, oh, we're going I... to spa. I'm like, fuck yeah, let me get my passport. I know, seriously. But no, the the comment he put on it was something like, unless you're a, a, an especially cool woman or a driver, which cool he's acknowledging woman drivers, not cool that like, you have to be some sort of like unicorn woman. Like. You have to be a unicorn to like motorsports, which is bullshit. Uh, apparently like 70% of the people at the podium at Formula E were women. So I don't know what exactly he's basing this on. Hot load of bullshit. That's what. Yeah, well, I was anyway. just like, and then I was also like, you know what? Women don't say this shit. Guys say this with like, oh, she doesn't like sport. Well, I don't see any women that's been like, he doesn't understand my like for this. I love romance novels and my man does not try to understand my passion. Yet guys are like, I don't, under- she just, she just doesn't get it. She just doesn't want to be part of it. Like, so what? You don't give a shit about half the shit she does and she doesn't bitch about it. Like, Men are very insecure. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Nothing is more fragile than a man's ego. Yeah. Well, yeah, case <laughs> said, in point right to, here. To point out, I, I said to someone the other day, oh, I said this on Twitter, and someone pointed out to me, firstly, that piranhas live in rivers, not seas. But <laughs> I, said, I, I was so proud of I was like, there are plenty of fish in the sea, but unfortunately, I'm a piranha. Right. Because my, my mom was like, you know, you could like try and meet guys and i was like or oh, i could not or i could do cool shit and if a guy shows like, up oh, and happens do... to not be an asshole exactly i could just live my life and hopefully somewhere in there a cool guy will be like sup i think you're cool let's be cool together sweet for real well let's not um, be cool quick... because i'm legitimately the least cool person i know Right. Uh, back to indycar for a second a little update for max chilton here he apparently no no i'm talking about month of may indianapolis he is already at the speedway he's glamping for the entire month of may in his little rv it's so cute because he obviously doesn't live in indianapolis like everyone else i love the fact that he's just decided he's going to stay at the speedway he's not going to glamp in someone's backyard hello why would you um he's like he is fully committed to america you have to become one with the speedway, all right? You have to be every you have to morning. Zen he to the so goes out and runs the track every morning, so he becomes one with the speedway. Runs the track, does a little meditating, you know, like does the lays on lays on the, the, the finish line, lays on the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, <laughs> thanks. Kale just tweeted at me. Uh, it's a picture of Danny Kvyat with the crying Jordan meme. Do you see this? I'm so aware of that meme. I hate this meme so much, but this actually fits. So yeah, anyways, let's talk about Russia. Oh we got shit to my god, here. there is so. so much shit to talk about. How's the, I by know. the way, what's the score in the hockey game that you're totally so side-watching on this? Uh, oh. I believe it's still, one, it's one nothing after one. The Blues are playing in the playoffs right now, and I'm losing my mind slightly. Okay, so let's talk about Russia. Qualifying happened. P2 
people qualified. Lewis Hamilton didn't qualify well. <laughs> and it was no. glorious. Lewis Hamilton qualified in 10th because I'm pretty sure something went wrong with his car. He didn't even get out in Q3. Um, neither. I, I, I got I to interject here and back it up a little bit. Yep. Go. So we have this race and it's in Russia, which, all right. I have a whole lot of issues with that as itself. But also, okay, last year... You have issues because you have moral values. Yes, I'm not evil. You're not Bernie. Um, No, I'm not. God, kill me. Um, The the race last year in Sochi was in early October. Um, It's warm in Sochi in early October. Do you know when it's not warm in Sochi? Late April. (laughs) Do you know how long those tires took to get up to temperature because it is not warm in Sochi in late April and that track sucks and is new and just doesn't degrade the tires at all? Like A long time. It took, in qualifying, it was taking guys five or six laps to get temperature into the tires and to actually get them to start sticking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is not, you know, you go back to the old qualifying format. Yeah, it's good was for qualifying a week. colder? than practice had been? Like, was Saturday a colder day than the Friday had been? They were all all about the same. It was all kind of in the same vicinity. You looked at all the drivers, they were all bundled up in all their coats and everything. So it was not warm. Like, it definitely wasn't warm. Um, Yeah, so qualifying wasn't interesting. You know, Rosberg won won the pole, and that's that's it. That was it. I'm pretty sure he was back in the garage like a couple minutes left to go. It's almost as if it being cold made qualifying shitty, which I think was the case. Yeah, well, there's no really <laughs> Russia is the, really the only kind of like Russia is as far north as they go. Wait, wait, I mean, wait. wait as I said that, I was like, I was like, so she is near Turkey, so yes. it's not that. That's sick. not right. <laughs> so, so we're not talking Saint Petersburg or Moscow. So let's just retract Saski's useless ability to do basic right. Russian geography. Sochi does not get that cold. I mean, obviously, yes, we saw but... that during the Winter Olympics where they were having trouble maintaining snow on the slopes. Yes. But you know what? That kind of cold is different from the kind of cold that affects right. Formula yeah. One. You, you look at where Formula One races that's north of Sochi. It's probably what, like Spa, maybe the Nürburgring. Everywhere in Europe, yeah, but, but it's all during the summer. Exactly. Yeah. They like, like what, Barcelona is the earliest European race, and it's Barcelona. It's Spain. It's, it's on a never. Yeah. yeah, I mean Montreal. It's it was pretty chilly up there when I went last oh, weekend. It was still June. Um, like it's June when they're in Montreal. Yeah, in June it's fine. Yeah, in June it's like eighty degrees, and random monsoons in FP two. Please God, let that not happen again this year. What's eighty degrees? Like it's actual like rest 20, of the world temperature. Twenty eight, twenty nine, something like that. Wait, I have a converter. I'm gonna do this. Let me convert it just... because I'm still live in the one country or the one of three countries that is adamant this is a good way to take temperature. Twenty six. Nothing. But it was it was between like no, it, it's obviously nothing. But for a country that far north, it was between twenty six and thirty the whole time we were up there. Yeah, beautiful. Um, that's warm. It's perfect. It's great. It was really nice. So Canada yeah. Anyways, it was cold in Sochi, and that was annoying. That was qualifying. <laughs> it was cold. Nico qualified fastest. Whatever. Yep. Vettel qualified second fastest. <laughs> and that all went tragically and hilariously to waste. Okay. It's, Let's talk about this race. 
Firstly, Sochi was a snooze fest. 90% of the race was pretty boring compared to how good the previous three races. But the first two laps of it were fucking dynamite. It woke me up and then slowly put me back to sleep. I was, like, sitting on the couch. And I was, like, awake so because we were going to Ikea or something. So I was up <laughs> watching the race and I'd got out of bed. I'd gotten dressed. So I was good, right? Once I get out of bed, mm-hmm. I'm fine. If I'm in bed, we're not, we're not, we're not having a chance. I'm going to miss, actually... I'm going to miss Barcelona because I'm going to be up somewhere at a ball hockey tournament. I'm a bit sad about that. But this race was the first two laps were a maze. Literally the first three corners. Like Daniel Fiat manages to hit Sebastian Vettel not once but twice in the first two corners. Meaning Daniel Fiat has hit Sebastian Vettel for the second race in a row. And this time he didn't have Sebastian Vettel still getting second anyway to get away with it. He put Sebastian Vettel out of the race with what, and, and this resulted in, and we're going to play it now, what I feel is one of the single greatest radio calls I have ever heard. <laughs> like, You're damn right. The, 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 the anger and the frustration and just also the really, the really poor effort at bleeping out what he's actually <laughs> saying is, is brilliant. So uh, I'm going to play that now. I'm sure everyone's heard it, but... Sarah, that is right up there with shut up and leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, just the, it's like, what the? Hurt somebody at me? And then and, and you're listening to it. And you're like, what are we doing? And then and you're like, just wait till he gets out and finds out who hit him both times. Oh, man. And it's so it's, good it's, because it's, the media were like, here, look, we're in your garage to give you some video of it so you can see who it was right away. Yep. Yep, it was it was beautiful. Yeah, that turn two just caused so many problems. I mean, further back down the grid, I think it was Esteban Gutierrez caused some issues as well. He took out Hulkenberg. So for the second year in a row, Hulkenberg didn't get past the first lap in Sochi. Uh, it is um, not he his out, He's not having a good year. No, he's really not. And Rio Hanto as well. Took out my favorite driver on the whole grid, by which I mean, fuck that guy. See you later. I'm, I'm not bitter. I swear to God. At Rio Harry, who, well, started 21st and ended 22nd as the first person knocked out of the race, uh, which That's means good, so far this season, Rio Harrianto has finished. Let me define this list. Harrianto has finished, retired, 17th, 21st, retired, meaning he's Lord currently. Jesus. Dead last in the uh, dead last in the championship, being beat by Stoffel Van Dorn, who has raced one race. <laughs> one race, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, I'm glad he's here, aren't you? Yeah, totally glad he's there. Rio Harando is currently 23rd in the drivers' championships. Oh he had a 23 out of 22. <laughs> 23rd out of 22 full-time drivers. How does that make you feel, Rio? Well, How look, to be honest, Esteban Gutierrez is 22nd. Yeah, but whatever. Because he, really he hasn't finished two of the races. Yeah, he yeah. He, uh, two of the races, and he has gotten 14th and 17th on the other two. Yep. I mean, that's fine. He'll figure he'll figure himself out. Um, again, with the cold temperatures and the tire degradation in the race, 
um, I was talking to someone about how the the tires were the medium, the two different soft compounds, and really there wasn't an option so much. Like you're not going to use it. The rule regulation changes for this year, giving you three options per race, and you only have to use two of them, has like made some really interesting strategies come out. Um, at this race, everyone was using the same damn one, because obviously you're going to want to spend as little time on the medium tires as possible, because they're going to stay harder than rocks the whole goddamn time. Um, it's not interesting. Like literally, nothing about this race was interesting. No, Look, no, super cool strategies. Like, is they could have like, probably one stopped it, or did all one stop it. Like, so she is boring as shit, right? Like, I know you had to build a track around some existing lineups, but like, no. You know what I'm actually inter- really looking forward to seeing? As much as I hate that it's there, and I'm like anti the whole country and the whole race being there. Baku, Baku could be really interesting. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll see. It's kind of, I'm thinking it's going to be like Monaco part two, you know. But Monaco's good. Monaco is slow, but Monaco's pretty. Monaco is pretty. It's never an interesting race anymore. Uh, like, it really yeah, isn't. Yeah. Well, no. I've, yeah, we'll I've watched some Monaco's from old and they were definitely more interesting. But I also was like emotionally invested in like old races and stuff. Yeah, that's different. Monaco now is not interesting. Um, but that's fine. So, so yeah, Nico Rosberg won his fourth race in a row. Nico won his fourth race in a row, and Daniel Fiat raced his last race for a ball, we now know. And the we're going to talk about this later because it's one of our TGD questions about driving stats and that. But everyone that is ragging on Daniel Fiat, I feel like being like, oh, how fast we forget to Maldonado. Like, the dude's been gone four races, and you're already like, Daniel Fiat is, like, the worst ever. And you're like, really, guys? Because he hasn't nearly killed anyone. Right. Did you hear that Pastor Maldonado is going to do test driving for Pirelli? Great! I know! <laughs> like, that's great! He gets to drive an F1 car, and no one has to care about it. Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, no, I, I think people have very short-term memories if they're, if they're you know, trash-talking Fiat. We've been without Pasta for four races. Four races. That's it. That's all we've gone with that. My brother is super disappointed. Has really been that long? <laughs> he hasn't. Yeah. How many days since uh, has passed? I wonder if, wonder if that website uh, has Pasta crashed yet is still up or what it looks like right now. I'm Googling it at the same time as you are. I like wonder, it's probably still there. I wonder what uh, they did with it. Oh, <laughs> it's just a sad face. Has <laughs> <laughs> Maldonado crashed today? It's literally just a sad face. Go back no, to, I don't believe it. You can actually go back to the last time he crashed, and it just gives you a tick based on it. <laughs> nope, Joe, the, the last crash. He crashed at turn one in Abu Dhabi. The picture is basically him T-boning another car. It's so good. <laughs> I just imagine being one of the, the Renault engineers and you're like, so I've got, well, the, yeah, because obviously the old Lotus engineers, you're like, so I've got Jolene Palmer and Kevin Magnuson. I don't have Roman Crashgene and, and Pastor Melodato. Okay, Dear God. Rogro grew out of the bad life. Oh, he did. But, you know, they still had to deal with that for a while. Yeah, yeah. And and look, Daniel Fiat will grow out of that phase as well. Pastor Melodato never grew out of it. No. no. 
No one, Kvyat might not get a chance now. Yeah, no, Kvyat, Daniel Kvyat won't get a chance because he's going to be, man, how much is it, like, when was the last time I wondered that we saw a driver essentially get demoted like this? Like, mid-season? Oh, God, I don't know. And the other things I was like, man, like, if I'm the PR people at at Red Bull and Toro Rosso, I'm like, I've got a whole season worth of fucking videos that we have made with Max and Carlos that I can't use now. I have to redo all of this shit. We have to you know what new though? photos. And what are we going to do with all this Max Verstappen merchandise? Trend it to Red Bull, sweet. But what is no one's going to buy any of that Daniel Fiat stuff anymore? No, no. Honestly, like. They're a multi-billion dollar company. I don't I know. I'm not worried. I'm, I'm not worried. They them. dug this hole for themselves and they can fucking crawl I out of it. I sympathize for the staff members who like PR communications who are like, well, I'm not sleeping for the next month. <laughs> I mean, all of their all of their social media stuff today has been super snarky and like, oh, bye, bye, Max. Bye, like, welcome to Red Bull, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, you know what? You have no shame. You have literally no shame about the bullshit movie. I feel like, I feel like, like oh my god, brand guide. It says you're Red Bull. You're never sorry. You're always right. <laughs> like yeah. that's the approach. It's like where it's the helmet Marco approach. Like yeah, no, we're right. We're just gonna do this thing and it'll be fine. Sure. Uh, well, it, look, McLaren got points. We need to talk about that. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Fernando Alonso got. Seven points? Six. Six points? Yeah. Seven points? He finished six, so I think he actually got eight points. This is me, like, flicking through here to be like, uh, where is... I have a chart written down which has all of the... He finished in six, which means he got eight points, and Kevin Magnussen finished in seventh and got six points. Kevin Magnussen drives for Renault. Yes, but that was... Okay. I was... I know, I know that. Um, <laughs> my train of thought was like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, people who hadn't got points, teams who hadn't got oh, points. Oh, right, right, right. Renault did Jensen Button came in 10th, right? Jensen Button came in 10th, giving him one point, which means he's now officially ahead of Stoffel Van Dorn in the driver's championship. Yes. <laughs> By, like, what spot? Good. Um, I have it written in here. I was actually looking at this yesterday. So, McLaren got points and Renault got points. And I don't think we actually saw any changes in the order in the constructors, but... Red Bull DNF'd twice. Both drivers, or they both, sorry, they didn't DNF. Both drivers didn't finish in the points, which means the gap they had to Williams went from 57 to 29 to 57 to 51. Hmm. So Williams are like, sup, Red Bull. Yeah, we're coming for you. Red Bull has one more weekend where neither drive against point, and Williams are like, Williams are taking third for the championship at the moment. Um, the gap between Haas, uh, neither Toro Rosso driver obviously got points either. So no Red Bull team driver got any points this weekend. So the gap from Red Bull to Haas was 18 to 17. It's now 22 to 18, uh, 17 because obviously Rogo got points. Um, that's right. The driving, USA. the constructors USA. championship did change because McLaren went from one points to ten points, and Force India went from six points to eight points. So McLaren has leapfrogged Force India in the constructors' championship. Renault got their first points of the season. They're still third last, but they still got six points ahead of Sauber and Mana, who have no points at all. Right. Nice, nice. I'm really glad to see Haas doing well. I'm really glad to see Rogro like. I'm really sorry that I'm blowing my nose in the middle of our podcast. <laughs> That's freaking gross, dude. I'm so un- I've, I've had a cold for three weeks now. I had this cold the last time we made a podcast. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm really glad to see Haas doing well. Like, obviously, all my biases aside, cock all bald eagles and whatnot. Um, it's just really cool to see this new team, new team coming in and doing well, even if they're doing it in a slightly unconventional manner. Um, I think that, you know, in modern F1 with all of the, you know, prices on everything being so high that you got to kind of cut corners where you can within the rules. Um, and I know, well, I believe it's uh, Sauber. Monisha Kallenborn has spoken out about it. Um, but you know what? Fuck it. They're not doing anything illegal. America, this is fine. Yeah. Sauber, why don't well, you maybe... Monisha Kallenborn doesn't somewhere. like it. Williams doesn't like it. Williams really doesn't like it. Frank yeah, Williams yeah, yeah, has yeah. got, like, major beef. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah, well, I prefer to be see less shit teams. Me too. Somewhere I would like play. to see more cars on the grid. And you know what? I'm sorry if you're, oh, we have 900 years of history. That, you know, why don't we, why aren't we given things? Like, sorry, you suck. Yeah, you're uh, not Ferrari. You, you Ferrari don't suck. are the only people that get given things in this sport. Yeah, yeah. Which is a whole another beef. Yeah. Anyways. So, so that was Russia. about the crazy that came after and yeah. Hamilton fans proving themselves to be potentially the worst demographic of Formula One fans around. Yeah. Or at least the most insane. Oh, no, the worst. The worst. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just call it like it is. Um, yeah, I'm Mercedes. Sure, look, I'm sure actually... there's great Hamilton fans out there. Yeah. And I'm sure not there's crazy fans. fans. Yeah. Not all Hamilton fans. Also, like, not all other driver fans aren't crazy. Like, I know some Kimi no. fans that are convinced Ferrari are out to get him. Yeah, same. Um, but you know what? Like, the, the magnitude. There's never been, like, a magnitude of terrible, like, terrible bullshit to the point where the team has to put out a press release to tell them that everyone on the team works really hard and that there's no sabotage and the fact that people are even suggesting this is insulting. Because it really is, honestly. And like, that's the thing. When this shit happened to Nico, like... The last race where he needed to no get... No like, Nico, Nico needed to win the last race in 2014 in Abu Dhabi. No one decided it was conspiracy theory that his car broke down. Yep. yep. Yeah, he had his car break down a few times last year and the year before, and no one bats an eyelash. Oh, just, you know, sucks to suck. Lewis, woo. Like, it's it's unbelievable. It's honestly unbelievable. It's, it's really embarrassing, actually. Like, yeah, yeah, even as a fan of the sport, I'm just kind of like... Do you hear yourself? Don't, I don't want to associate with this at all. And you know what? Honestly, like, it's partially the fault of the British media for whipping these people into a frenzy with the continued talk about conspiracies and, oh, it does the, the engineers swap at Mercedes have something to do with this? Blah, blah, blah. Like, Sky Sports promotes this stuff and pushes it and suggests it and, you know, it worms its way into the fan base and suddenly everyone's harassing Mercedes. And it's just, it Look, needs to stop. To it's be honest, so it's funny because it's just a bit of a perfect store. I hate it's, England it's so kind much. Of, it's kind of hilarious because it's like, there's a lot of, it's, it's crazy because you're like, these guys are a multi-million dollar business. Of course, there's not a conspiracy. But like, there's at least, it's kind of funny because like, you know when you see conspiracy theory on the internet, you're like, it's adult fairy tales. At least this conspiracy theory has enough points that you could link together to be like, well, it's not unfeasible. Like, yes, it is unfeasible because logically, like, like, are you fucking kidding me? 
Right. But there's the just, there's just, a, there's, there's just, they're not going to give that up. There's just enough, like, things for someone to link together to be like, this is plausible. And you're like, ah. Stop. Yeah. Like, the part yeah, where common so sense much. should kick in, it's just, it, that's the part that's missing. <laughs> you're not wrong. So, um, yeah, it's, oh, it's so annoying. I just, it's too, it's so much. It's so much. It's not like they were gracious. It's not like they were gracious when he won, right? Right. Oh, I know. I know. I was cheering for Nico. Like Nico fans are like, you know what? This sucks. We wanted our guy to win, but well played. You know, you were the better driver over the season. Like, you know, well played. A lot of them are salty. Like, there's a lot of salty Nico fans. But you know what? They don't attack the goddamn team. And, it, and it's not like you're out to get our guy. You're like, no. You're definitely a little bit pro Lewis, but you know what? We'll just go over Whatever. here and be salty in our corner where we're not abusing you on the internet. Yeah, yeah. So it's shitty. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk on the internet about people getting abuse and uh, how it's very easy to hide behind your keyboard. Um, and attack <laughs> You're it telling this to me. I ran the NHL oh, Twitter account. I, I know. know. <laughs> right. It's the same concept. Like, at what point do you just block everyone? Oh, you know, it's, my, it's... my block ratio was like this. Yeah, I believe it. It's like, yeah. oh, you were, you, you, you were obscene, you were offensive, you were racist, sexist, homophobe, but you were just a plain asshole. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would not want to be running their social media right now. I, I've met the people that do it and they are sweethearts. Um, and I don't envy them at all. Nope. So. nope. Yeah. Sarah, it is time for TG, Ask TGG. Yes, we oh, got yeah, some good questions. Yes, we got a bunch of great questions this week. <laughs> All right, let's let's get right into this. All right, so Kale Putnam, thanks for always asking questions, buddy. Um, asks, what is the best TV racing theme slash intro music? I think it's the chain. Like yeah. I gotta, it's, it's gonna be like, chain. But here's like, the thing: I, I never listen to intro music because I'm normally tuning in after it's already been on, or I'm like watching a, like just the race component or something like that so yeah. the train as i said to kale my favorite f1 music video has to be that welcome to the black parade video that oh, shit never one, yeah. the end of itv that video never gets old to me it is always spectacular although i will say in terms of intro music like the NBC intro music is starting to like worm its way into my brain. So yeah. when I hear it, I'm just like, ooh, race time. It's car time. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is. So I would have to go. It's just this little musical intro. I would have to go to the train. Yeah. Because yeah. that evokes. Yeah. We, we were never really. Who plays the chain now? Is anyone? I think it's still BBC. Maybe? Yeah, I think it's BBC. And I never watch BBC. I normally get Sky because that's what people right. torrent. But when you watch all the old races, like exactly. all of them have that. It intro, makes you nostalgic for these races that you never were a fan for. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question two. What from Rory, who's currently at the Predators game? He's like texting me updates. Apparently, Colin Wilson scored. This is wonderful. Um, what is your favorite trackside activity at any circuit you've ever visited? Never been to a race. Um, I have an answer for this. And I think Elizabeth is still in the chat room. So she's going to laugh a lot at this. Um, in Austria, <laughs> 
so basically they had, they had this whole like not even a carnival but like goofy ass rides set up next to the track including this one where they basically like strap you into a spear and bungee you up into the air and you like drop and go up and down and up and down a bunch of times and oh i've seen those right okay so we went on it we were drunk as hell and we went on this bungee ride bullshit and i thought i was gonna die no we didn't i just oh i thought i was gonna die I was convinced. We were um, drunk, and then we got on a thing that throws you in the air and bounces you. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Fucked up. Fucked up. Um, no, but you in Austria. Yeah, Austria was a lawless land. It really was. There was not a whole lot of. Uh, they make such good rattlers. They make such good rattlers. I love booze in Austria. <laughs> it was so much. It was so much. Yeah, the rattlers were really good. We drank a lot of rattlers and a lot of. Um, a lot of spritzers too. Aperol spritz is the single greatest. There is a there is a two liter bottle of Aperol in my cupboard to make Aperol spritzes, and they're my favorite European thing ever. But I didn't have to make anything. It literally came pre mixed in a little two, like bottle. Yeah, but you can't buy it pre mixed here. Oh right, right, right. So yeah. You have to buy Aperol prosecco and soda. And when you come up during summer for the race, yeah. that we'll is what we, I'm leave. I'll Sweet. leave the bottle till then. That's what we'll drink. The ones in Austria were literally just white wine and soda water. So Okay, well it's white wine, it's like white wine, soda water, and then uh Aperol. Yeah. Anyways. Austria was great. Oh my god. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, out of all the races I've been to, that's the one I want to go back to the yeah, most. Yeah. Like obviously Coda you do every year. Yeah. Uh Montreal's Montreal. But like, and Silverstone sucked. Like, I'm straight. I up really want to do. I really want to do Barcelona and Monza simply because um, I love both Italy and Spain as countries. Yeah. I want to do Budapest because fucking Hungary was basically. I went to Europe for two months and was drunk for most of it. And I was my 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 favorite drunk locations were Barcelona, Budapest, which was awesome, and like I loved Berlin too. So basically. All those places. Let's go. Let's watch cars. Let's get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that was my favorite trackside activity, I guess, because that was a very technically trackside activity. Um, other than that, I can't really think of anything specific. There's lots of stuff to do at every race I've been to. Um, yeah, not getting rained on. That doesn't ever happen. Literally, I think the only race I've been to that I did not get rained on before was Pocono. Did you get rained on at Long Beach? No, we did not. Also at Long Beach. Long Beach was amazing. Oh my god. We we yeah. We raced go-karts at Long Beach next to the track. That was pretty cool. So uh um, next question. Uh from Carla, Carla Fiorenzo yeah. on Twitter. Um and you can do this one. Yeah. Uh should driving standards be addressed in F1 due to the recent streak of silly driving? Look. I think if we were to address driving standards, Daniel would not be the person that we are not having letting drive like daniel fiat won gp3 like daniel fiat is someone who has legitimate qualifications under a super license if we want to talk about driving standards we'd be talking about people like rio haranto you oh, know yeah. who, who hasn't won anything you know like and maybe i want to say maybe max verstappen but max verstappen one, a significant portion of open wheels. Do I think he spent enough time in open wheels to allow him maybe into a Formula One car? No, but Max Verstappen is not a driver that we've had 
large amounts of problem with like he's clearly proven his ability and talent in a formula one car maybe experience helps that but i don't think if we're talking about drivers below potential driving standards max verstappen is who we pick up and that being said when we talk about daniel fiat in the same light as talking about driving standards as i said previously how quickly we forget our friend Maldonado. yeah and, and it's not like it's not like we're talking about like to, not not Takuma Sato, who is there was a, there's another Japanese Taka Taku Takui Inui, the Chinese the Japanese driver who was just like there's been several Japanese drivers oh, who drove, yeah, 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 okay. who drove for Honda because Honda wanted Japanese drivers or it wasn't Honda but there was a Japanese team that wanted Japanese drivers and they were terrible they should never have been allowed in they just there was no no way no whatsoever those are the people that we're concerned about. I mean, people are going to make mistakes. And unfortunately, Daniel Fiat made mistakes two weekends in a row, but still managed to get third on one of those weekends. So right. this is he a little bit also, of I feel like he was also really decently consistent last year. Like he was never he involved in incidents like this on Daniel a regular Fiat basis got, last year. Daniel Fiat got unlucky because the person he pissed off and hit twice was Sebastian Vettel. If Daniel Fiat had done this to Nico Hulkenberg or to some middle-of-the-pack driver, we'd be, or laughing, right now. We'd be yeah. laughing. This wouldn't be a conversation we were having. But he hit a guy who is a four-times world champion who used to be at this team, who's essentially whose seat he has taken. He hit a He's guy. He's also in contention for the championship. Yeah, he hit a contender. We're, you know, it's, it's a different scenario here. And if... You know, like, I think it's red. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, it's there's nothing more I can say. Yeah. I mean, they do the whole thing with points on their license. I know a bunch of them got them last weekend. Yep. Um, I think that's a good enough standard to uphold. You know, if you lose enough points, you can't drive anymore. And the interesting part of it also was, like, look, he got a 10-second 10 10 penalty, but so did Carlos Sainz this weekend for, get, for forcing a driver off the track, which was a little bit different i was like how can you give these two guys the same like it's because that's the maximum yeah 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 i was like, yeah, like can you we just... can't... look on a scale of one to ten he's no sergio canamasis oh my god <laughs> who i think is legitimately the only guy in gp2 or f1 to be black flagged in like the last four years and oh, everyone's really? like yeah, he got black flagged, I think, last season or maybe the end of the season before for driving. They're like, no, you're black flagged. You are reckless and irresponsible and we are not allowing you to continue in this race. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, that, uh, like that's... Uh... Kvyat is not at that point. In this, in this Kvyat point. is not at that point. And he probably never will be because he's driving a Toro Russell and then he's not going to have a job. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. So he got black flagged in... Um, 2014 because he ignored red flags nelly hit a marshal oh my god so here we are uh driver attempts sergio canamasis attempts one of the most dangerous track re-entries you will ever see how bad do you have to be to be to get disqualified from a gp race gp2 race pretty badly he got disqualified at the monza grand prix in 2014 after leaving the lack on the opening, leaving the truck on the opening lap, cut a corner and rejoined like he was in Mario Kart. <laughs> and Will Will Boxer was like, "This is a PlayStation moment. You're straight over into the mix, and then everybody bunches up." And then so they were like, "Nah, you're out." And then a couple I... of laps later, he drove into another car, 
and then collided with Raphael Marcello, driving them both off the track. And then five laps later, they they black flagged him. Lord Jesus. I'm going to go watch that after this. Yeah. That sounds hilarious. Yeah. Um, all right. Next question. So, yeah, that's, that's how we Has feel about that. Sarah, I'm going to ask this one to you because you're obviously yeah. the expert. Uh, Harrison101 and Andre Harrison asks us, has IndyCar gone too far with aero kits as criticism is rising because the series has a lot of problems with dirty air, performance disparities, and, and the like? No, honestly, no. Um, the problem with the aero kits is 100% Honda. Like, are you gonna are, re- are you really gonna penalize Chevy for you know not being shit coming up with a kit and an engine combination that isn't crappy? Like, it's it's getting the job done. Like. If Honda can't deal with dirty air, like, I'm sorry. You need to fix your shit. Um, Andre, by the way, is he uh, hosts the Motorsport 101 podcast, which I was on last week. So you should go listen to that, too. It's a Excellent. good time. I'll have to go and listen um, to that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was fun. Um, but no, I think, um, I think like, Honda, you know, as in F1, the Honda pain is real everywhere. Uh, they just need to figure their shit out. Um, the Chevy Aero is fine. It's, it's great on ovals. It's great on street courses, you know, high downforce, low downforce, whatever. You're consistently seeing Chevys run at the top of the field. Honda just needs to catch up. Yeah. They just need to catch up. And that's, that's all there is to it. And um, I don't think it would be right. The series has already given them some concessions this year in terms of development, development. It was something like development was supposed to be closed and they let Honda like change some stuff to try to catch up. But if you're constantly giving one of the manufacturers like, oh, here's here's an extra kit you can do to like try to get your grades back up, like, how is that fair to the guy that did his did his homework in the first place? Yeah, you know, yeah. you should come to Australia. Australia doesn't believe in extra credit for university. You get it right yeah. the first time, or that's your own problem. Yeah, people are like I got a hundred and five percent. I was like, what? Yeah. How is it a thing? How does that work? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, Sarah, what's your favorite Mercedes conspiracy theory so far? This one comes from good old friend of the show, Liz. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Isn't there only one conspiracy theory? There's really one. It's, well, there haven't, I haven't seen any, like, wacky ones, but the whole engineer swap, like, them, like, making Lewis's car shitty so Nico can win a championship for once. The engineering swap is, like, the engineer hasn't made Lewis Hamilton's car break down twice. No, no. Look, look, look let, let me just say, every race Lewis Hamilton has managed to finish, he's... I mean, it's, 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 it's stupid. It's just straight up stupid. No, they, look, they were Lewis talking about finished... the fact that... Yeah, go ahead. They were talking about the fact that um, they had to actually... Because you know how there's restrictions on the radio transmissions? Yeah. Had to ask the FIA if it was okay for them to tell Lewis that his water pressure was going down. They also had to ask the FIA if they could tell Nico that there was an issue with his car. Luckily, Nico's issue wasn't as big of a deal as Lewis's. But you know, the team shit happens with the car. You can't always tell the driver what's going well, on because of the stupid radio transmission well, all of bullshit. Conspiracy theory bullshit. Lewis has podiums in three of the four races. Nico, yep. Nico has won four races in a row, which, you know what, I, I heard this fact today on the broadcast. Nico has won more races in a row than his father has won in his entire Formula One career. 
That's true. There are only four drivers that have won seven in a row, and it's something like Alberto Ascari, Sebastian Vettel, and it might be Schumacher. I think it was Schumacher, and then it was Nico. Yeah, and then Alberto Ascari, and then Nico. But Nico has won four in a row. But Lewis has gone two, three, seven, two. Like, it's not like Lewis's car has died and failed to finish. No. And, I mean, the bad starts are his own fault. So, yep. sorry. Sorry. Um, well, did yeah, I, I, I don't have a favorite. I think they're all stupid. Lewis has been on pole for two of the races, right? Yeah, because this was Nico's first Grand Slam. This was, this was the first time that he did a pole, fastest lap, and... Uh, yeah. win. My brother so. was happy about that. He won money on it. I was like, well, oh, no, nice. Yeah, because last week, Nico was, uh, sorry, in China, Nico was pole winner, but Nico Hockenberg was the fastest lap. Yep. Surprisingly. Yep. I know. Where did that come from? Um, Another question from Elizabeth. Do you think, we already kind of talked about this, but we can talk about it again. Uh, do you think bad markers should be able to fight to stay on the lead lap, even if it's impacted? the front runners race i would like to see and what i kind of want to change this question into would you rather a series where there are blue flags or no blue flags and if you don't have them what if you combine it with the whole you can only defend twice or whatever yeah look i feel that if we got rid of blue flags all it would take would be a front runner having an accident with a back marker because the back marker didn't move fast enough and ruining his race. And they'd be like, let's get the blue. Like, like, I feel like it's a change that if it got made, the moment someone from Mercedes or Ferrari or Red Bull's races got destroyed by a bad decision by Rio Harrianto, they'd be like, ah, blue flags. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it would take some time to get it to adjust, um, especially considering how used to drivers just moving out of their way they must be um but it might actually make for some more interesting racing up the front especially where you know we don't always have that but at look, all you've got if you've got a mercedes in behind a manor they're getting past them like it's happening they are, they are. but it might it might chop a second or two off of yeah. their lead and it if you've got a ferrari right tail, yeah yeah so i don't know i would i would rather I'd rather see them try to let the backmarkers fight to stay on the lead lap. Like, maybe change my, it to 2017. My I approach to it is, I actually legitimately don't care. Like, either way, it's not yeah. one of those things where I have a strong opinion about because I'm like, well, if they don't have it, they don't have it. If they do have it, they have it. Like, it's not one of those, like, I think it could potentially give us a few more interesting moments of racing, but it's not, like, high on the list of problems F1 has to fix. On the flip side of that... It's a very easy change to make that doesn't make it doesn't create manufactured drama. Yeah, it's kind of organic in yeah. that you know it'll yeah. you know you're not introducing F one doesn't need any more manufactured drama. Right, it's not like DRS or you know the spark plates or things making F one more shiny. It it just introduces another element of the actual race. It's Which, kind of funny. I never think of DRS as something added to improve the racing. Like, obviously it was, but it's just kind of one of those things. For the whole time I've been a fan, DRS has been a thing. Like, I've never thought yeah. of there being a pre-DRS kind of thing, right? Right, right. But it is. I mean, it's, that's why it was introduced, to make more overtaking happen. And 
It is what it is, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Sarah Connors, it is quarter to ten at night. The St. Louis Blues are probably needing your attention. And They're tied with we, Dallas now. I'm upset. <laughs> I think we've probably talked our way through everything we have to. And I'm hungry. I need some dinner. So. Go do the thing. Should we wrap this up? Yeah, thanks to everybody for listening. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Sarah underscore Connors. You can find Sasky at Sasky Stewart. And you can find the both of us occasionally at The Grid Girls or thegridgirls.com. Um, make sure you subscribe to us. Actually, I'm going to put in a little request here. If you listen to us on iTunes, if you could um, rate us and leave us a little comment on there, that would be wonderful. Uh, we can, we'll take all of that that we can get. Yeah. And, uh, because yeah. we currently have none of that, so any would, would be super appreciated. We've been doing this for a year, and it would be nice to start gathering those little things. Anyway, we just thanks for listening. Sarah and Sasky don't know what they're talking about, but I listen. <laughs> you can rate us a win. You can rate us a five. You can do whatever the hell you want, as long as Probably you go rate on us there. rate us a one, I will hunt you down, and I'm good at the internet. Um, but yeah, again, thank you for listening. That's been Russia, Barber, and Paris, sort of, and mostly Red Bull bullshit. And we're Sasky there. We'll, we'll talk see to you, you later. at the next race.